Welcome to the Walpole High Film Festival's podcast, One Point Perspective, a podcast that explores the world of digital filmmaking and talks to young aspiring filmmakers in high school, college, and beyond. Now here are the hosts of the show, Mike Allen and James Conley. All right, welcome to the One Point Perspective podcast. We're here with graduate Ashley Waldron, who graduated in 2014, um, went to Brown University, and is now working on film sets such as CODA, which uh, hopefully has a nice award season coming up. Ashley, welcome to our podcast, number one podcast at Walpole High School, and that's One Point Perspective. Thanks for having me on. Of course. We're so glad to have Ashley with us. We liked to kind of go back, Ashley, to down memory lane uh, with the film festival and kind of give our our listeners kind of your path to the film festival and and remind them about the movies you made and and all that stuff. So how did you remember getting involved? My first memory is actually with Hair Salon, which I had forgotten about, but I because I knew I was coming on this podcast, I was like, I got to make sure I know what I did and what I didn't do. Um, But hair salon, I was a background jealous girl. Right. Had the crazy hair uh, in the hallways. That's right. Yeah. So that was fun. And the only reason why I got into that was because somebody on the track team was like, oh, we need more extras. And I was available. And I was like, yeah, this will be fun. And then, so that was freshman year. And then sophomore year, I was part of the crew of finals day, but I truly didn't, wasn't able to participate that much in the making of that, but that was fun. And then I knew that after doing that, I knew I wanted to really get into it junior year. So talk about junior, you were in the class. So I was in the class. Um, also, I mean, you encouraged me to join sophomore year because I had you for English. So I think that's how you get a lot of people to join film. But yeah, and then so junior year um, in the class, we were reading the scripts. And then I almost was going to work on the Wombat. I was almost going to do that. And then Jackie wrote Albie. And then I quickly jumped to Albie. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I tell that story every year. You know, the art direction, we talk about wardrobe and all that stuff. And and so the Wombat was just written and the assignment was to uh, draw that, you know, to, to, to do all the characters in the Wombat. And you did an awesome job of all the characters. And so, and I'm like, this is what Ashley did. And because of that assignment, because you were able to render that that character, then we had a bunch of students who wanted to do it because they were like, oh, now I get it. Because the script's kind of out there, if you remember. and they But then they imagined O'Malley as the wombat because of that drawing. And then they wanted to do it. And then you were scheduled to be like a director because you had good vision of it. And at the last moment, Jackie finally finishes Albie like literally and it was over it was like it was approaching November yeah people were waiting for it and I and I sent it out to everybody and then you read that and and you came up to me and we're like okay I want to do this it's like okay because I knew that you'd be on with Jackie 
you'd learn a lot from him because he was like, you know, the most experienced. So I was like, that's fine. So coincidentally enough, just so you know, the two mo- what, two movies we watch every year are AP Health and uh, Albie. Wow. Yeah, because AP Health is, you know, it's, it's really well done. It's a great script. It's funny. It's super hard. Yeah, it, they read the script first and... We do it for structure and, and all that stuff. So yeah, we, those and I, it just so happens that you're the director of both. So it, it's kind of funny. I would say that like AP Health was definitely, I was spreading myself a bit too thin. Cause like, you know, somebody like me and like a lot of other people in the film festival, they want to do all of it, you know? And I think one of the key points that I'm sure you make in the classroom is like, you have to delegate who does what, you know? Cause it can't be like, you're worried about something where there's like other people that can help you and make it better. And, you know, I was definitely like, didn't realize that until the end. So that's an important thing I wanted to mention, but yeah. So Albie was um, really fun because of the angel office. Right. You guys went in, went into Plimpton. Yeah. I think I asked what we asked um, Inbush and the and the janitors and who else do we have to ask to paint the room? Yeah. Well, yeah, we had to get permission from from Inbush. I don't know if he if he got permission or not from the super, but I'm sure. Oh was, right. He did. Yeah, the super. Um, forgot about them. So um, that was fun because we painted the walls white to make it look like heaven. And I always think to that moment because it really did feel like putting together a set, like painting the walls, completely redressing that place because it was, you know, old and nobody had been in there and we had to move all the furniture and putting the, the cotton, there was a lot of cotton, like, you know, when you go to Joanne's and you buy the fake pillow stuffing, a lot of that. Uh, which we didn't have enough, by the way. I wanted to. I wanted it to be more, but that gets expensive. So we had to just have a couple on the ground. But now that I look back, I think it was fine because it was sort of funny that there was like these small little clouds on the ground, and it's part of the humor. We had these white sheets that we hung on the windows, and yeah, the elaborate wings. And the wings yeah, the that wing. was really fun. So those were made out of wire and feathers. I had my. Uh, my dad actually helped me make those because he sort of helped me with the wire and the shape. And then I was gluing on the feathers. And so that was, <laughs> that was really fun. It works. So, so you learned a, a lot on Albie, obviously. Yes. That was one of the best things ever. I, I had such a good time. It was really nice to put all of my energy into something like that because like, I guess I was, I'm always used to putting a lot of my energy and effort into sports. And um, it, it was something where it's like, I was still putting my energy into school, but it was way more, it was way better than school. So. And so you, so you were hooked after it and you obviously Albie won a ton of awards and you got to, get up on stage and all that stuff. And, you know, that night was an awesome night, the red carpet night. Yeah, it's really fun. I guess my thing is like, I had always done field hockey in the fall, 
track in the winter and lacrosse in the spring. You know, that was my three sport schedule. But I mean, the truth is, I mean, I know there are people that played lacrosse and or played spring sports and were able to also do the film festival. Like Michaela Brady is a good example of that. And I, I know her because she's my sister's friend. I felt like I wasn't going to be able to play lacrosse and do this film. So, and I really wanted to, um, at the time I was deciding that I wanted to play field hockey in college. So I was really focusing on that and, you know, wanted to only do track to stay in shape. And, you know, I mean, that was a great experience as well. But so those two, I was definitely doing field hockey, definitely doing track. And then lacrosse, I was like, I don't love it as much. And I really want to do film and put my time into that. It really paid off because, you know, I was able to stay after school longer with everyone else who was working on all the films. And, you know, I had the time to like a lot of the filming was done after school. You can't only fit it into, you know, midterms week or whatever the breaks are. Mm -hmm. But I, I would say for anybody who's listening, like, decide if what you really want to do and put your time into that. Like, it's very hard to, like, I would say that I was good at handling a lot of different activities, but it's, it was very hard and it's important to really pick out what things you want to do and go with that. So senior year, you tackle AP health, which is really, I mean, if you look at that script, and that's one of Jimmy's scripts, right? Jimmy Gillen's famous script that he did a great job with, but it's such a hard script to do. Yeah, I always, um, whenever I was looking at Top Shelf, I really liked AP Health and I liked Freak Bus and he wrote both of those. Yeah, this is, again, to, speaks to your art direction. Like the art direction in that movie is great. Like even like the opening scene and Miss, Miss uh, Wollaston's class is like, decorated to the nines it's like a party. I love decorating that yeah that was another moment of um you know where I felt like okay this is really fun dressing a set you know like we went to iParty we got balloons we got streamers I handmade the pinatas so like I blew up a balloon and paper mache it and put some party hats on it and then that was really fun. <laughs> and then, you know, the obstacle course that you're speaking about too, you guys did it, did it up as well. And we got to put in special effects. I remember having the conversation where you're like, you you and and Brian Tracy, baby Tracy, we were talking about like um, the blowing up. <laughs> and you're like, can there be a, can it be a bomb here? I'm like, you can put a bomb wherever you, <laughs> wherever you want. Say that Rory helped me edit that because he was the one who taught me how to do it. And yep. he was always that guy that knew how to do literally everything in, in Premiere. And so he was really. And you guys threw the sand, remember? I was like, throw, when the bomb, you had to throw like the dirt. Yes. And we learned that from, from, from James. From Porker Hill, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we learned that from Porker Hill to make it like look and Make it look legit. realistic. I remember just as like an Academy member, the like Albie the year before and then AP health, those two really is when I was like, all right, the festival is really taking a turn. And I know that you say, Mr. Allen, every couple of years, it's, you know, it's that next generation, next generation. 
But I remember being right. just super like blown away and impressed because I was just out of college at that point and just like watching those movies. Yeah. I was the only explosion I could remember was Scott bot. And then like watching, yeah. watching, uh, uh, Brian running through the woods and having all like the bombs going off. That was just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. And, but if you, do you remember what happened? Do you remember what happened with the tire? Yeah. So I want to tell the story. (laughs) So the giant tire came down the hill. So also, cause me and Jimmy and baby and, and Cody and we, and, um, Steph, and we were like making all the obstacle course stuff. Like we had to make that mud pit, you know, had to like, it was already there, but we also had to build it too, like with the chicken wire. So this giant tire coming down the hill, like, I don't know. It was just, I don't know what we were thinking, but I was like, we have to get the shot. Like I was being so dramatic and also kind of, you know, ridiculous. And I was like, I'm just going to be in the line of fire and I'm going to have the camera right where the tire is coming down. And then I'm going to move out of the way once it's too close, you know, like a true idiot. And then, so the tire comes down the hill, gains some speed. And then I whip the camera out in time, but unfortunately the microphone broke. And then I had to go into your classroom and tell you that I broke the mic. And I felt really bad about it. But we got the shot. Got the shot though. Yeah, the thing hit the mic. I'm like, what? And every time I see that shot, I'm like, and they broke the mic right there. But and then and then don't forget, you went to what's kind of cool about that movie again, you know, just because we do watch it is, is you guys went to Brown. Yes, that was a fun, fun little road trip. Jimmy's, um, Jimmy's, Jimmy's uncle, uncle, right? Jimmy's yeah. uncle was some I forget what exactly he he was there, but he was some part of the faculty or um I don't really remember, um, but he let us film in his office. And then like, I also took Matt with us cause he wanted to be in the background too. Yeah, that was, that was fun. We just sort and- of snuck onto the campus. Cause the thing about Brown is like the campus is it's, it's not like gated off. There's only certain parts that are gated off, but like the gates that you see in that, in that opening shot part yeah. of the film are, um, yeah. they're not, you can basically walk onto the campus without actually sure you know it's it's very integrated into that part of providence so it wasn't it was almost like we were students there at the time it's the second second film uh that we shot at an ivy league school just so you know james was what was yeah. the first one the first one was karma let's go yeah. let's go that's my movie sophomore year Shh. at harvard shot it Shh. At, at harvard shot at harvard um <laughs> but that's great where was trivia that pool scene shot? great trivia it is <laughs> yeah where was the, where was yeah, yeah where was, where the, was pool? the in first the pool at oh my god the pool yeah there were so many things the pool was this pool in dedham uh i don't know how we got in there either somebody knew knew somebody or it was just open and um that was crazy also scheduling that was hard because i was like all right we got to get camper we got to get everybody there with the flippers and um, like we had a GoPro underwater. You had a it, GoPro, right. It was just exactly. a little blurry. It was too blurry for me. I'm, I'm really bummed that it was so blurry. Well, you wanted that shot. I mean, there's no other way you can get that shot. And I know. 
I was like, okay, if you want that shot, you can get the shot. I mean, I would have cut. I think I added it like, you know, I was saying, look, we should cut at the, you, you know, when he holds up the bag. But you guys wanted that underwater. We wanted um, to make it part of the credits, like some, yeah, you know, the Finding yeah. Nemo type. So obviously, you know, you went to Brown, um, you played field hockey there. So you had a passion for film, but didn't. You took, did you take any classes at Brown, film classes, or did you, what did you major in? So it's not that, like, there wasn't a film major. Sure. So there, and there wasn't, and, you know, I wasn't planning on film, on majoring in film anyways. Like that, I don't think that was ever going to be something that I was going to do. They only had like, you know, very vague, um, like media type majors. And I wasn't interested in those. What I ended up doing is majoring in art. It was just called visual arts because I didn't know, like once I got to Brown, I really didn't know what I wanted to do, but I wanted to do something that was related to art. And that was super vague. And I would tell people that and they were like, okay, you know, what does that mean? Um, I really didn't figure out that I wanted to get into set design until senior year because at that point, I had been taking some sculpture classes and was sort of going down a Google rabbit hole of like production design, which I didn't quite understand what exactly that entailed. I just knew it was like a thing. And I was also dabbling in graphic design and sort of just compiling it all together. Finally, um, senior year, I took an actual set design class and I took a like intro to theater tech class because senior year I was like I'm just gonna do what I want like I haven't taken these classes yet I want to explore that and I'm so glad I did so the set design class I learned how to draft a little bit like hand drafting which um is you know the precursor to drafting on the computer which I don't I'm not I did that briefly but I'm definitely not skilled in that but it was sort of my first exposure to that skill which is a huge thing for building film sets in the real world you you gotta put it on on to the computer show people what you're thinking for the set yeah yeah so like in in the set design class we were building a lot of scale models of the sets that we would create and this was all for theater too it wasn't for film and tv it was for specifically like theatrical performances and we would take the theater floor plans at brown and you know we would build scale models of the theater and then with foam core and then we would build our design of the stage for whatever play it was into those black boxes doing that was it, I loved it like I was like oh my god like why am I just finding out about this now that's how it's done traditionally in theater you know you build a scale model of what the production is going to look like um, and so I was just being exposed to all of this new design I really wanted to somehow get a job doing that um, but I didn't know where to start you know, again, like we have kids who are listening and, and are interested in, in getting into the industry. And, and so 
you know, they always debate like film school or, you know, or, or not. And, I'm, and we always telling them you don't have to go to film school. You know, it's like it's, it's not a, even close to a requirement. So it sounds like you, you know, t- took this class and it was like, oh, wow, this sounds like something I really want to do. And, and, you, and you loved it. And then so going from graduating to, you know, what you end up doing now, how did, how did that work? When I graduated, and I'll just preface by saying that, you know, a lot of people on my team and most of the athletes at Brown were majoring in like, you know, business and economics and bio and had very, you know, everybody I knew seemed to be getting a job in New York in finance at the, you know, these big banks. I was like, not I didn't know what I was going to do I was like since junior year I had been trying to get a job in advertising because I thought I wanted to do that for a while I didn't really have a lot of luck until um, my first job out of college was actually an internship at an advertising agency in Boston I honestly felt kind of bad about it because like I said like all my friends had moved to New York I wanted to move to New York you know and also everybody else who was part of this internship was still had another year of college so I was older than them you know I was just sort of figuring that out so and that job specifically was in video production I worked for producers who made advertisements it was a lot of digital stuff anyways my boss in that job she was good friends with a set decorator in New York. And at the time I didn't even know what a set decorator was. And so I got on the phone with her and we had a great conversation and um, I asked her a bunch of questions, you know, like, how do I get into the industry? Like I'm interested in production design. I'm not really sure what to do. You know, she was giving me advice. And then a couple days later, and this was um, in like August of, after I graduated, because I graduated in May. And then so in August, this happened 2018. Yeah. And she um, said, Hey, we need an another art PA on my current production. And she was working on at home with Amy Sedaris, which is a sketch comedy show on um, you can watch it on true TV. But now it's actually on HBO. And I was like, oh my God, like, yeah. And it was only for three weeks, supposed to be, ended up turning into four. Their their other PA had left and uh, they needed another one. And she was like, can you come to New York? And I was like, I'll make it happen somehow. And so I did because I have, I had, uh, I knew somebody living in the city and I lived in their apartment. So I made it, I was able to make it work that way. And so you worked there for four weeks is a PA. So this is unpaid? No, it was paid. Oh, wow. And so what, so what, what were you, you, so you were learning on the job or was it? So, oh my gosh, it was crazy. Cause I did not know anything about film sets, how they were made. I didn't know anything. Like, I feel like if you went to film school, you would actually know this stuff or if you, but I just didn't, I didn't know, you know, I got there and, and I'm sitting in an office so the office is with the production designer, the art director, the uh, set decorator, a couple other PAs. The prop master was also nearby. It's kind of like the art department sticks together. And I was just like, the first day I was, I was so like, just taking it all in. One of the first things that I had to do was I had to run to Home Depot 
and get these large metal buckets, which they didn't even end up using, but I was carrying them back in like the hot sun in New York. And uh, I always joke about that with the woman who hired me because she was like, I felt so bad that I made you do that. But I was like, no, it's fine. It was cool. <laughs> it was really funny. So really what happens is on that job, then I met everybody in the department and was talking to them and just doing whatever I was supposed to do because my job was to run errands and tape up receipts and do a lot of the busy work and basically be an assistant to everybody else in the department. By doing that, you learn how the art department works. Cause I didn't even know, I didn't know what anybody's roles were until about two and a half weeks in. I finally like started to understand like what people were doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's really, it was really a fake it till you make it kind of situation for me. Cause I was like, oh, I can't let anybody know that I don't know what they're <laughs> talking about, but it was also, fine because they know that when you are like everybody knows that if you've never been a PA before you're not going to know anything then so, you figure it out but so this was successful right and and she what hired you on for the next thing or so I ended up talking to the art director on that show and she was going to be moving on to be a production designer on a different show so I asked her because the production designer is the head of the art department for those that don't know that. So, and then the art director is directly below them. So I asked her if I could be an art PA on that job. And she said, of course, yes, like, absolutely. So then, you know, that job went for about five months. And then after that job, the old production designer from the first show I worked on was gonna be working on a film and he reached out to me and said, hey, can you be an RPA on this job? And I was like, yes, absolutely. So really what happens is once you start working in an art department as a PA, you network and you meet all these people. And then if you do a good job, they start hiring you on other productions. So like once you find people who are PAs, they usually keep working because there's always a demand for PAs because there's always like, we need another person to do this and we need another person to, you know, run these errands and there's always more to do. And it, it's re really rare if there's just one PA, there's always like two or three. Yeah. And wh what do you think made you a successful PA? I would say you really have to just be paying attention and follow directions. You know, obviously things like, you know, being respectful and all that, that's not a, that's no, no brainer. But then also I would say reliability is a big one because literally that's why you're hired. You're hired to be reliable, which means that you show up 15 minutes before work starts. You know, you do things quickly. You ask if you need help. Like there's nothing worse than a PA who's just, you know, off doing something and it's, it's a hard job or it's something that they need help with and they don't say anything. Like it's better to say something. And so that's like, again, being confident to be like, or asking questions like, how do I do this? And like, can you explain this to me? And, you know, you figure it out. And you, and you, so you did that false positive as a, as a, uh, a, a PA. Yeah. 
So basically my first job was at home with Amy Sedaris. And then I moved on to Alternatino with Arturo Castro, which was a show on Comedy Central. I don't think it wasn't, it wasn't super popular. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I worked on the film called False Positive, which is, you can watch that on Hulu. And then after that job, I sort of was trying to find something there was like a week or two where I didn't have something lined up. And then somebody I had worked with previously reached out to me and said, Hey, somebody's looking for a PA on this TV pilot. So I emailed them and I was like, I'd love to do this. And they were like, okay, great. Because honestly, it's not really, they just want like a living body and somebody (laughs) who's, who's smart and can just do the errands and whatever you're supposed to do. Like, it's not really, they don't really care about too much other than you being reliable and smart. And gotcha. by smart, I mean common sense. And, you know, so this was the story is that this pilot was only, I only had worked on it four days and then it got shut down. And then I was like, oh God, like now I got to find another job. So it's, well, so it's two parts because so on that pilot that got shut down, I had met the production designer and she said she was going to be working on this film in Gloucester. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm from Massachusetts. Like, I would love to do that. And but at the same time, that wasn't happening for a month. So I got a job on Clifford the Big Red Dog as a PA for a month, which that happened because I had given my resume to somebody else that I worked with. And then somebody reached out to me and said, we need another PA. Can you do it? And I was like, yes. Um, so it's really all about like, you need to be nice to everybody. You need to, you know, make sure that people know that you are somebody they can work with. You're reliable, you're hardworking, you're have common sense, you know, the basics. It's not, it's really not that hard. It's so then the production starts at Encoda when? That was filmed um, from, well, the production of it was July of 2019 until October of 2019. So what's the difference between uh, what you had been working on with with this TV and this movie here? It's an independent, but it's a a bigger scale production? It actually wasn't. It was um, quite, I think it was considered to be a smaller production yeah because like then you know it was an independent film so then it went to Sundance and that's when it blew up because Apple wanted it and there was a whole deal that was made so what was it like working on that on that set oh it was so great I I (laughs) that was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had I think you know it was really cool because I was living in New York and then to go back to Massachusetts and work on a film there was really fun it was on the North Shore which I I like I mean obviously we're south of Boston so we really only go like focus on the South Shore I had never really been up to the North Shore that much yeah so that was cool so it premieres in Sundance 2020 or 2021 2021 so this this past year right apple buys it all right yeah and so we did you get to go to sundance no no so i didn't watch it until august when it actually came out on apple tv oh so that was the first time you watched it yeah i didn't watch it at sundance because i didn't get a ticket which was my own fault because i 
didn't buy one in time. I don't know what happened, but I couldn't watch it until <laughs> August. But but you liked it. It was really cool to watch it back. Um, I because I was just all the memories of working on the film like flooded back to me. Yeah. It was nice, and I I cried. <laughs> yeah, it's a great film, and it was ex so exciting to see your name in the credits. Yeah, it, it's you know it's just super cool that that you were involved, and so. You go from there to what? Russian Doll, is that right? It's part the, the second season. No, I went from there to Run the World, which is um, a Not show on Stars. Yeah. And I was an art PA on that show. Well, actually, what happened was so what happened was we did the pilot for Run the World, so I worked on that. Then I was supposed to I worked on Russian Doll season two for three weeks. Then that's when the pandemic hit. So everything was shut down. All the productions in New York were shut down. Everything, you know, and at that point, I, you know, I went back home because I, I was unemployed, and it was like really tricky. I was like, oh God, like I don't know what I'm gonna do. But you know, everything worked out. And then in August of 2020, season one of Run the World started. So I worked on that, and then. I didn't work on Russian Doll. Didn't come back until um, twenty twenty one. It says uh, clearance coordinator. Is that a fancy way of saying PA, or what's that? No. So I was an art PA for a while, and then I moved up to being a clearance coordinator, which is really important to the art department because they are always having to clear the artwork that's in the background of sets. So like if you have an apartment and there's paintings on the wall, those have to be cleared and you have to get permission from the artist to use them in a film. So I was doing a lot of that. I was also doing some product placement. Oh, this sounds like a promotion. Yeah, it was a slight promotion. You know, you make a little bit more money. Yeah, I didn't want to do that for that long, though, because the whole time I was trying to become a graphic designer, which I just became. So now you're a graphic designer for, yeah, talk about that. There's a lot to this, but like, so basically when I started working in the industry, I found out about unions. All the departments have to be in a union to work on a union show. There are some non-union shows, sure. but most of the productions are union. The one that I wanted to join was the IOTC United Scenic Artists Local A29. They represent production designers, art directors, graphic designers, costume designers. And then there's like a separate union called Local 52, which is for set decorators and grips and electrics props is in that one you know as i was working for the past three years i was talking to people and seeing their experiences with it and um, eventually i decided that i wanted to become a graphic designer in 829 so i got my portfolio together and i applied and i finally i actually was just sworn in on Tuesday. Oh, great. So congratulations. So that does that mean you so now now you're looking at productions as a to, to jump on as a graphic designer? Yeah. So what that means is, um, because I didn't even know that this was a job before I got into the industry. But basically, like, say you have a fake cafe, that's in your movie, the production designer, 
you know, they want, they hire a graphic designer to basically create the signage for that cafe. So it's like the exterior sign, you know, say it's Mr. Allen's cafe, the exterior signage, the menus, you know, anything that's anything that has text or graphics in a film is made by the graphic designer. That's awesome. That's great, and 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 that sounds like a great cafe. I, I think that's a that's a go. It's just coffee. So just pour over Chemex black coffee. Yeah. <laughs> so that's funny that you didn't even know that that was a thing, and then you find out that that's a thing. You're like, that's that's what I want to do, right? Was yeah, I um, you know, because it combines like I really did like graphic design the whole time, right. and then it was also set design and. Because everybody has their roles, right? So it's like you have the assistant art directors that are drafting the sets, and then you right. have the art director that's, you know, controlling the budget and, you know, all of that stuff. And the production designer has the vision, and all of these people below them help them create that vision. That's so cool that you just were sworn in, and this is kind of like yeah. a path to get I love to it. finally find out what you wanted to do. And so you met all these people along the way and stuff like that. And obviously you're following the award season closely and it's, we are rooting for it. One of the things I want to talk about before we even get to this is you, you've been a judge for a while for the film festival. I, I don't know. Have you missed a year? You're almost a judge every year. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I think. I think you, you've been almost every year. So you've seen it kind of grow year to year and I you make some great comments too. We always ask the the guests their three favorite film festival movies that they had nothing to do with and then also three their three favorite uh, Hollywood films, which I'm sure you are prepared for because you listen to them talk about this. Um, I am kind of prepared. The Hollywood question though, I I'll never be able to answer that. <laughs> All right, well how about your how about the film festival? Which ones? Which ones are your favorites? I well, the first movie. I think one of the movies that convinced me to really dive in was a serious student because yeah. it was so. It just looked so good. They did a really good job with that, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is awesome!" And I don't know. We watch that every year too. We don't. We we actually. It sounds like we watch a lot of movies, but as, as yeah. Mr. Connolly would tell you, we actually don't watch a lot of movies. It's just ones that film. you you made or like. I guess it's just like Ashley. Those are, Ashley's I, writing our curriculum for us, pretty much. Yeah, we've <laughs> literally watched three movies this year, and those are the three. We haven't watched anything else. We, I don't. I think we watched the Full Windsor. I think we watched Full Windsor too, and that's about it. Okay, the full. Okay, I always remember the Full Windsor because you would always say, "That's how you come up with the story," because it's like, what was yeah. it? The thing about the tie and how that was, yeah, like, it was the, random. like a random question, and then that turned into a script. And I always remember that. But that's when I knew I didn't want to be a writer because I couldn't think of like these random things in my life that would be worth making a script about and i was like right. i can't that's not my that's not my route uh, but the other movies i would say carmichael yeah that was really good and then i always liked the haunting of emily white that was your year <laughs> i was really scared watching that it got me <laughs> it really got me but um the editing was just so good and like who is that john barry yeah. um 
I just thought that that set such a precedent, you know, and yeah, excellent movie. Just coincidentally, those little lines, like you know, the the tie line, it was said to to Dave Newman. Uh, that that's the full Windsor. She was like, "Oh, you don't say hi to me." And it's because she thought he was a teacher because he's wearing a tie. AP Health is the same story. That's Julie Fortin was complaining about health and how hard it was, and she's like, she she said the line, "Oh, this is just it's like AP Health, or something like that." And we were like, "Oh, that sounds like." That sounds like a title of a movie. And and that was all we had. I love that. But that's the thing. Like, I I wanted to always do the art direction stuff because I was like, I can't come up with some plot. Of, uh, I don't know. I don't have any that's ideas. Nobody was, part. I didn't have, I wasn't listening carefully to people's conversation. All right. So you're not going to say your favorite Hollywood films? No, I could. No, I could say, I just, I never have like actual favorites, but I will, I will. Yeah. So mention a few like a star is born <laughs> the new one i've seen that movie five times i love it it's great okay lady gaga are you talking about i was really excited to see that the music is great recently i watched nightmare alley which i know that a lot of people hated that movie but i'm only mentioning it because of the production design I mean, I thought it was, it just looked gorgeous. Like there was a lot of art deco going on in that. And it's really cool. I'm only going to mention those two because like, you know, I could mention a bunch of others, but I really, I don't know. It's, I honestly didn't like start watching that many movies until like the past three years because I just either didn't have, I didn't really get into it until I don't know. Like, I didn't really, I should have watched way more movies, but I just didn't. And then I regret not watching them. So I would say, like, watch as many movies as possible, but also, you know, don't beat yourself up if you can't watch all of them because it's really hard to, I mean, it's just, I, my list is like a mile long, you know? Yeah. I'm like slowly getting through it. All right. Well, anything that you want to add or uh, you want to say? I would just say, I guess I'll, I'll leave it off with a little bit of career advice because yeah. that's always important. I would say that, you know, despite what you do or don't do in college, it's, it's really important that once you graduate, like if you can't, cause it's really hard to just immediately jump into the industry if that's what you want. So I would say to, get a job that's similar in a different company. Like, so maybe, you know, if you want to do some art direction type things, maybe get a job at an advertising agency, or if you want to do editing or animation, maybe get a job doing that for a company that is looking for somebody to do those things for them. Like it might not be the most creative company, but they're always looking for those people to, you know, edit stuff for them because they, don't do that normally um see if you can find the same skill set like in a job that that's not in the industry but but yet you're doing it for pay so you're still doing what you want to do but it might not be where you want to do it so it might be like okay if you want to be a writer like try getting a job writing copy for an ad agency or um you know, right. writing, writing newsletters for some other company, or it might not be the best writing job, but at least it's a writing job, you know, and I don't, I don't know anything about writing jobs. So I'm not, I'm not going to go further, but I would say for art 
art direction specifically, you know, any sort of advertising thing to get your foot in the door and then yeah advertising i would oh the other thing too is like you have to just email people if you are sort of at a dead end there's no harm in emailing people they might get back to you they might not one time i emailed this designer and i never thought she was going to get back to me and she did and then i got to work on a fashion show for her so it does pay off, um, but you'll email like a thousand people and only one will respond, you know? So just keep putting yourself out there. That's good advice. Thanks, great advice. Well, we've taken up way too much of your time. It's a remarkable journey that people want to hear this. I, I didn't know that any of this was not premeditated, you know, it sort of just snowballed. And I would say that you think you want to do something and then you really either figure out that you don't want to do it or that you have to be more specific. And you only get that experience by taking other jobs, like get as many as much experience as possible. Like when you're in college, if you can get some sort of summer job. Don't just sit around and do nothing. You have to have these experiences to really figure out what you want to do. I think that you're talking about you're going on Home Depot runs, right? And that's getting you to where you want to go. Like, so like it starts with that. We always tell kids, it's like, you're not going to come out of school and just be a director. You know, no one's going to hand you the keys to the castle right away. You do have to, you know, you're going to be doing coffee runs for free for a couple of shows or whatever it is. I think that's just great production assistants do get paid if you if you're being offered a job that they don't pay you do not take it that's not real in no way should you ever work for free on a film set don't ever don't ever fall into that trap more great advice thank you so much for finally you know being patient and and getting this done yeah thank you that was awesome thank you so much i'm so glad i i feel honored You've been listening to Walpole High Film Festival's podcast, One Point Perspective.